I don't know if it's just because it's the summertime or what, but I have found myself really wishing I have cable for the first time ever. Wishing I had cable, I guess, for the first time in a really long time. Hmm. Because I just kind of miss being able to sit down and just like turn the TV on and find something to watch. And I don't know, like, I also last week on the TikTok, I did like a ton of research and I made two videos about binge watching. And the first one, I focused on like the history of binge watching. And I ended up going down all these different rabbit holes that led me to like anime subculture in like the 1970s (laughs) and the way that people would like VHS tape everything happening and then like marathon them every weekend or like find these like late night marathons to watch and it's just like it's made me miss those like summer days where you're home and there's nothing going on and you just like watch like vh1's greatest songs of the 90s for like six hours i don't know if you ever did that but (laughs) i certainly did and uh, like i do have the most basic cable package that i can get through the only provider that i can get cable through in my area and i will say that i don't often watch live tv like there there are just specific shows that i would watch live but i kind of understand what you mean about there being something i don't know if charming is the right word but it's like it, it's something easier, maybe, about just right. being told, okay, these are the couple of options you have to watch right now. Pick whichever one is the most appealing to you, even if it's not something that you are particularly interested in. Right. And it's I'm like, it's sort of the same principle as like the ice cream flavors phenomenon, which I don't know if that's an actual thing, but it's a thing I think about. Where like, you can go to a, <laughs> an ice cream place, and there are like, 45 flavors and you can get like any combination of flavors and like mix-ins and you know and then like turn it into a sundae with a different kind of syrup or whatever yeah and like a handmade waffle cone with like a chocolate dip and uh, sprinkles on the very bottom yes and you can (laughs) have like literally thousands of choices you know combinations what is it called permutations yes right (laughs) And, you know, you can do N factorial to figure out how many different <laughs> options there are. But sometimes you just, like, too many choices is overwhelming. And you just want a simple chocolate, vanilla, or strawberry. And, right. you know, pick whichever one you want the most right maybe now. Maybe if you're wild, you get a twist cone. Yeah, maybe so, right. <laughs> and you can choose between either a waffle cone or a sugar cone. Yeah. And that's enough. And yeah, I, I, mean... I feel like that has sort of been lost on today's generation where everyone can just get whatever they want all the time and not just limited to TV, but like, you know, anywhere, anything that you see online, you can buy and order from anywhere in the world and it's shipped right to your house. And uh, I don't know, it, I guess... I understand your nostalgia for a simpler time is what I'm trying to say. (laughs) I just, I would never in a million years, like, just sit down and go on, like, Hulu and just pick a random show and just put it on. Mm -hmm. Like, there's something about, like, that is so unappealing. Like, because you, it's not just... I don't, you still have to put thought into like choosing, I guess, what's on. And sometimes you just like need it to be already decided for you by somebody else. (laughs) Right. By the powers that be who know better than you do what you want to watch at a certain time. (laughs) 
Yeah. Uh, speaking of me TV, though, that is one of the digital channels that comes in over the like the digital antenna that my okay. family has at our camp, which my dad and my brother and some of my other family members always go there over the holiday weekends and you know we have the fourth of july coming up this weekend if you're watching or if you're listening to this right when it comes out (laughs) right and like i was thinking of going out to spend some time there with them but like all they want to do is sit around and watch tv whenever we're there which is no different from what they do at home and like it's it's a different different location well because they don't have me tv at home they can't just sit and watch these marathons of shows me tv only shows like shows that are like 30 years old or more um so they're they aren't you know on the air as much anymore and it's sort of like what tv land used to be i would say Uh, Until TV Land started trying to, you know, make shows like younger and (laughs) appeal to uh, a more current audience. But it's like it is sometimes fun just to see, oh, there's, you know, a Mary Tyler Moore episode on right now. Or there's, um, you know, Laverne and Shirley or Happy Days or something. Because I grew up watching those kinds of shows, some of them anyway. And it's, it is fun to sort of revisit those parts of your childhood that are so tied to the, the shows that you watched on television as a kid. Yeah, I've been having like a real nostalgic moment, I think just because like I am racking my brain, like constantly trying to come up with ideas of stuff to talk about on the TikTok. <laughs> and it has been like reminding me of all these random shows that I watched growing up. And I'm not even talking about like... Like Nickelodeon. Like, I'm remembering, like, I have been all week binge listening to this podcast called Heidi World that is all about the life of Heidi Fleiss, (laughs) who was, like, a famous Hollywood madam, and I knew her because she was on Celebrity Rehab with Dr. Drew. I remember that. (laughs) Last night, I bought on Amazon the standard definition first episode of her season because I just like I remember being so charmed by her as like a 16 year old (laughs) and like idolizing her in this weird way even though she's like a total like meth addict but Uh she like first of all Heidi World the podcast anyone listening should go listen to it it's so well done I don't know if the woman who, like, narrates it is as maybe, you know, fluid as us when we talk. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> wow, okay. Like, Thinking of ourselves is, like, pretty highly there, aren't I you? Guess. <laughs> no, I guess the difference is, like, it's definitely scripted. But okay. the amount of detail that she has, like, poured into this podcast, it really is not only, like, Heidi Fleiss and her life story, but it's also just, like, the history of, like, the seedy underbelly of, like, L.A. from, like, 1970 through the present day. Mm. And there are so many weird connections to the story. So she's able to go through and, like, weave it all together really well. And it reminds me of, like, a History Channel documentary Mm. series because, like, I've never heard a podcast do, like, coming up next on Heidi World. And then there's, like, a little, like, teaser of what's about to happen, commercial break, come back in. Like, it's formatted more like a TV show. Mm -hmm. But I did watch the first episode of Celebrity Rehab last night, and I gotta tell you i liked it still and i might end up buying the whole season to binge watch (laughs) wow 
That's kind of surprising. Not surprising that you would binge watch it, because that does sound like you. But <laughs> it's kind of surprising it's not available on, like, regular streaming anywhere. I know. Like, it's like you have to have the live TV subscription to either Hulu or, like, I don't know, some level of Paramount Plus that I'm apparently not paying for. Huh. I I thought I had a pretty premium plan, but I don't have the plan that includes Celebrity Rehab with Dr. Drew. <laughs> wow, I didn't even know that they, like, restricted content to certain, like... I know. ...versions of their plan, but that's fascinating. Yeah. Hmm. I will say VH1 had some great content back in the day like when in our formative years i would say for television like our teenage years like you said like they would have those 100 greatest songs of the Mm -hmm. 80s or 90s or whatever marathons they would have the i love the 80s and i love the 90s and i will say those kind of series really were so informative to me as someone who loved pop culture and i like i to this day i remember finding out about certain things because of watching those shows and they are the reason that i got really interested in like a particular person or a particular show or you know like phenomenons that were happening in you know pop culture at the time and i will like still go back and reference those things like not the i love the 80s itself or whatever but like reference certain wikipedia pages or something of things that are Mm -hmm. triggered in my mind that i like i remember hearing this person you know talk about that on i love the 80s or whatever and it was just such a different time for vh1 like compared to the content they're making today because you also had them like flavor of love and rock of love and then like some other weird reality shows like the salt and pepper show and um <laughs> like diff- just different things that probably were not as successful but that i remember watching and that were very i don't know influential to me i guess in my yeah. understanding of pop culture and my appreciation of the generations of media that came before my generation now did you have like always a relatively large cable package growing up or did your family ever like reduce down to like basic cable no we had a it was not as big as some like we had cable not satellite so i think we usually had like 50 to 60 channels or something like that on our package which we could only get one cable provider wherever where we lived out in the middle of nowhere like we had one option so like we got what they offered and you know that was it but it was a decent selection like we got all the major cable channels for the most part i remember we didn't have cartoon network ever uh which i thought was weird weird. yeah and we would have like other channels that were a part of this i think cartoon network was owned by viacom which also owned like mtv vh1 and we got all of those but yeah there were and we never got like travel channel things like that like that were extremely popular that pretty much everyone else had we didn't have e for the longest time oh my god yeah so it was weird the things that we did or didn't have see that's like the opposite of me is like we had basic cable a lot of the time and one of the only good channels we got was the e network which Mm. is why i watched so much of like the soup and Mm -hmm. the e true hollywood story marathons and like all of that stuff which was my window into pop culture yeah i also remember that we did not have the cw 
for a little bit whenever it first like formed from the UPN and WB. So I distinctly remember I really wanted to watch the new seasons of America's Next Top Model that were coming out on the CW, but I couldn't. <laughs> Um, because I had watched all the reruns that were like always playing in marathons on VH1 and MTV at the time, but I was relying on you to inform me of what was happening oh <laughs> on the current season of America's Next Top Model. And I think I came to your house a couple of times, maybe to watch um, so funny. episodes with you. Yeah, <laughs> I truly have no memory of like watching any America's Next Top Model. Like I know I did watch it, but it has it is one of those things that is just vacant in my mind it's been like pushed out in favor of like other more important things uh it is weird to me when i when i reflect back on my teen years just how important america's next top model was to me (laughs) because i was like so invested in it and you were and refused to admit that it really did not produce anyone who had any sort of lasting success in the modeling industry. But that still didn't stop me from making you have a joint 16th birthday party (laughs) with me where we made all of our friends play America's Next Top Model. Wow. I... That's crazy. I, speaking of America's Next Top Model, there's a former contestant who is on the season of Celebrity Rehab that I started watching last yeah. night. Oh, Lisa, right? Uh-huh. Yeah. She, she won seems... the All-Star season of Top Model. Really? Yeah, but only because the one who was going to win, Anjali, was disqualified for having an affair with one of the producers. Wow. So you could totally tell that they filmed a finale with like Angelie present and her winning and then they had to come back and film another finale where Angelie is gone <laughs> and it's just the other two finalists there yeah but they never That's disclosed so what actually happened it was just like internet you know circulation of the true right. story that I discovered that but yeah wow. fascinating stuff did you watch stuff like before you went to school in the mornings oh i sure did yeah i would wake up every morning at 5 57 i would set my alarm for 5 57 so that i could be out in the living room in time for mama's family to start at 6 a.m on tbs i don't even know what that is okay you need to go hunt down mama's family (laughs) that should be the next show that you buy on amazon because Mama's Family was a spin-off of a sketch on The Carol Burnett Show, where Vicki Lawrence played this character named Mama, who was like this old Southern grandmother who, you know, was devoted to her, you know, children and her housekeeping and all that stuff. She was widowed, and um, she lived with her son, Vinton, who lived in the basement with his wife, Naomi, who mama couldn't stand and then her grandson bubba who is not vinton and naomi's son but one of her other children's children who lived with her and then her neighbor across the street was iola boylan and um it was just like this simple wholesome sweet family and mama would have these kind of i don't know sassy remarks and homespun wisdom and saying you know country kind of sayings that didn't make any sense and you know just be her life in the town of raytown and like it it was just simple and stupid and sweet and really funny and vicky lawrence (laughs) is hilarious as always in it i don't know it was 
it's an interesting show because it started on CBS and it only aired, I want to say, a season or two on CBS. Okay. And then it moved to first run syndication. So it was syndicated okay. for several more seasons. And like, I'm not aware of another sitcom that ever did that. Like, I don't know how often it, like, if new episodes came out weekly or if it was just like a bunch of new episodes would dump at once and run, you know, each day. Cause it was on five days a week, most places. But I think that was after they had like more huh. you know seasons to do yeah. that. But yeah, it was, it ended up running for probably like six seasons or so altogether. And from what I've read on Wikipedia, it was beating like stuff on the traditional networks. It like running in syndication. so weird. It, yeah. Yep. But definitely a classic. Go find it if you can. Mama's Family sometimes has been on MeTV to bring that back <laughs> into the conversation. But yeah, it's, uh, I mean, I haven't oh. watched it since I was, you know, probably yeah. in high school, but I should go back and revisit it because I just loved it so much as a middle schooler. <laughs> you know, another show that I haven't watched in years that would always i feel like run marathons that i have been meaning to go back and watch is reba oh yeah uh-huh i i have zero idea how on earth that show would hold up to me as a 30 year old adult <laughs> right. but i remember it being so watchable mm -hmm. it's just like first of all the theme song incredible oh, yes. uh-huh but i i loved that show i loved her ex-husband's new girlfriend yes. or wife or whatever barbara jean, mm -hmm. barbara jean their dynamic was yep. awesome and yeah, i love too I just... that like they have stayed such good friends that like reba will sometimes bring melissa peterman who played barbara jean out on tour with her to be like the opening act like to do a comedy set before oh her gosh. shows and they like have a podcast together and like Wait, they do really? just have yeah living and learning with reba and then ah. melissa peterman is like the sidekick yeah. <laughs> guest host but um yeah like they do have such a good dynamic i just i could watch the two of them just be funny together forever i think yeah i, I always thought that barbara jean was such an interesting character because like i think she's supposed supposed to be this like big dumb beautiful like blonde but like she's kind of like funny looking <laughs> and I don't want to like bully or anything like that but like I feel like she fits the role so perfectly but like when you just look at her like you wouldn't immediately think like oh there's a hot person but like everything kind of all works together and she's so funny that mm -hmm. I don't know I I I remember just having that realization watching it and being like oh that is kind of weird but it does kind of all work yeah i feel like that character was i don't know if it was intended to be like the buxom blonde that your husband would leave you for right but like she's not really that like yeah she is blonde and you know has objectively large breasts and all of that <laughs> stuff but like she's such a like she's kind of simple and stupid but not like a bad person you know like she's right. not a villain she's someone that you actually right. like and i feel like that's kind of atypical for someone i agree who is like you know the foil basically for reba most of the time but like she's just so inherently likable and just like <laughs> a kind of that aw shucks attitude that 
you know, she's usually just trying her best and failing, <laughs> but that's what makes her endearing. Yeah, and I guess for anyone who uh, thought that the young dude on that show was hot, I don't... Vaughn, is that his name? Oh, yes, played by Steve Howie. Yeah, he does do full frontal nudity and Shameless, so mm-hmm. if you if you want to go check it out, just like not... <laughs> Not saying that's what I did, but leaving this here for anyone who is curious. And lots of rear nudity as well. Oh, in Shameless. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, definitely. Yeah. I mean, there's yeah. just lots of nudity in Shameless, period. Pretty much all of the men on that show. Well, I, not all of them showed frontal. No. But pretty much if they were Boy, 18 I or wish... older... I wish some of them would have after, especially after binge watching The Bear on FX. I'm, oh, yeah. I'm ready to see some more nudity. <laughs> okay. So we've got but a yeah. Jeremy Allen White fan in the house. I am so, like, I, I know we're kind of like on a trip down memory lane, but I will say in all seriousness, The Bear, I went into it and I tapered my expectations because... It's a show about cooking with a real hottie up front, and it's in a restaurant. Like, it hits on a lot of things that I think, like, are very Elena. Uh-huh. <laughs> and so I went in, and I'm just like, okay, like, we're going to take it slow. We're going to watch it and, like, try to be objective. And I think I did that. And I can honestly say it is the best new show that I watched this year. It mm. is actually so good and well-written, and there are like a lot of moments in it where I feel like it could have gone way over the edge into like a place of it not being believable, mm-hmm. but it always stays really grounded. And it's the side characters that are so freaking amazing. Like some of the acting by like people who are just in one and two episodes, like I just think it's great and I hope it gets a second season although I do feel like the story is pretty complete so if it doesn't like I'll live with it Mm. but it's really well done and they did do the second to last episode all happens in real time it's like a one shot Hmm. of a busy night in the kitchen the first night that they start doing mobile orders and it is so funny like laugh out loud so tense and it is just so cool the way that they did it in just this long tracking shot. I hmm. I think it's worth watching for that episode alone. Cool. But yeah. I feel like I should jump in and say you mentioned there being a hottie up front in Jeremy <laughs> Allen White and I don't think that he is attractive. Like I think that he is exactly the kind of person that you would think is attractive. <laughs> but... And a lot of the people online. Well, I'm sure that there is a market for him. Yes, but uh, I I feel like your personal taste has always sort of gravitated toward that sloppy aesthetic, if I can say that. No shade. I don't know know if sloppy is the right word. I would say like... Unkempt? Yeah, maybe that's a better word. Unkempt, maybe uh, I like uh, strange facial features or hair. Okay, Uh uh-huh. Yeah, like a big nose or bulging eyes or, you know, something a little off. Mm Mm-hmm. You know? And maybe hasn't showered in weeks. Definitely there's an uncleanliness factor (laughs) a lot of the time. (laughs) But yeah, no, he he's great in it. I but he's not my favorite character, but he I mm. he's good in it. I think he does a good job of 
playing like a character that really could have been, like I said, over the top and in like a believable way. Mm -hmm. And I, yeah, I, I loved it. I think it's so good. And I don't know. I want everyone to watch it because I want more (laughs) seasons. Cool. I'll add it to my list and hopefully get around to it eventually. (laughs) Well, to take it back to earlier in this conversation, you said that you never had Cartoon Network growing up. Correct. Like, and I have to say, I think that people who liked Cartoon Network the best are a little odd. (laughs) Okay, elaborate. (laughs) So, I... I don't know what it is about, like, anyone I've ever met who was like, oh, yeah, like, I didn't really like Nick or Disney. I just really liked Cartoon Network. It gives me, like, like, there's something, like, wrong with them. And I think they're, like, (laughs) they're, like, the kind of people who would, like, have had, like, a Zune instead of, like, an iPad or, like, an iPod or whatever. Like, just sort of, like, off-brand, like, trying to be different. And Mm -hmm. I don't. I don't know if that tracks for everyone, but I mean, like, Zach loved Cartoon Network, and I mm. all think that he fits. It, he <laughs> and also he was had a Zoom zoo. owner. <laughs> <laughs> he did have a Zoom. <laughs> but, but he's not the only example I have. But I wanted to ask you, out of Disney and Nick, did you have a preference? Um, I can't say that I did. I, okay. th- I feel like most people probably did, but I feel like I bounced back and forth pretty evenly between the two. I will say that I I think that Nickelodeon dominated the cartoon game because Disney Channel had like DuckTales and Tailspin and Darkwing Duck and then like the <laughs> Little Mermaid animated series and stuff like that when we were young kids. And I never, okay. like I kind of watched those things but never really got into them. But, you know, you think of Nickelodeon that had, you know, SpongeBob and like oh, well, and hey, Arnold, I not think, uh, dog, hey Arnold, Rugrats, Rugrats uh, right? Rocket Angry Power, Beavers, yes. Catnog, right? So, that, like, I definitely watched more of those, but then Disney's live action shows, I think, appealed to me more, okay. especially as I got into like my tween years, because you had yeah, That's yeah. So Raven, which to this day still one of my favorite television shows ever period (laughs) Um, and then you had like lizzie mcguire and hannah montana even stevens even stevens that was a good one yeah i forgot about that shia labeouf yeah Yeah. interesting turns in that man's life well yeah But, (laughs) but yeah i feel like across my entire adolescence it was pretty evenly split between Okay. See, I think my all-time favorite live-action show, like, kids' show, was Kenan and Kel. Oh, okay. Yeah. I loved, especially the movie, The Two Heads Are Better Than None, or whatever. I think that's what it's called. I don't remember that. Yeah, they go... Actually, I don't remember anything about it other than the fact that there's a scene where Stevie Wonder plays Superstition. (laughs) Okay. But and Stevie Wonder th- is actually in it? Like, it's really him? I think it is. <laughs> Let me look it up. Uh, okay, I'm not finding a clear... Two heads are better than none. Oh, I think they sing it. I think they sing the song. Oh, but I just okay. remember that standing out so much. Which is actually something I think of... Like, even though Disney had more, like, singing stars, I feel like the music is what has stood out to me over time about 
Nickelodeon shows. Hmm. Like we've talked before, I think on our Hey Arnold episode of the podcast or the mini-sode where you talk about it, the jazzy kind of soundtrack there and mm-hmm. all of the like the Carmen, the rats. Right. And even with like Doug, I had been thinking about Doug more recently because there's Killer Tofu mm-hmm. and like a whole bunch of like stink big. On the... Do you remember yes. that? Yes. Yes. And like I don't remember how the rest of the song goes, but it's banging on a trash can. Yeah. Drumming yeah, yeah. on a street light. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I feel like and then like in the live action shows, like I guess Keenan and Kel especially, just I remember that moment. But I have like moments like that. Even in Cat Dog, there's a musical moment I remember where the you'll take the high road and I'll take the low <laughs> road and I'll slaughter help the sheep before ye. Uh-huh. The fun song from SpongeBob. Yes. And like ripped pants. SpongeBob had a yes. couple of musical moments. Texas. Um, mm-hmm. The song that Sandy sings. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> this is a complete departure from cartoon-based shows, but I just remembered that we only had basic cable, and but then we would sometimes get, like, I, it was, like, Channel 53 or something. It was the Discovery Health Channel. Okay. And so I would watch, and it came in really fuzzy, but I would watch it all the time and they would have these like medical mystery shows where it would be like kind of like a true crime show where but like you're trying to figure out like what's wrong with people Mm. and I remember watching those all the time and like feeling so smart whenever I like diagnosed the person before (laughs) like the end of the episode but that was like sheerly out of desperation because Uh like when you've only got like 23 channels plus a fuzzy discovery health channel you take what you can get right i would say i spent an embarrassingly long part of my childhood watching pretty much exclusively game show network like i have an encyclopedic knowledge of game shows from like the 70s and 80s literally no one listening uh, is surprised uh, no they're probably not (laughs) but like one of my favorite shows was Blockbusters, which I'm sure you've never heard of. Mm-hmm. Also loved the show Tattletales, which I probably shouldn't have been watching because it was Hollywood couples, like three married couples that would come on and like answer questions about the other person and like reveal these raunchy secrets about oh their partner gosh. sometimes. Raunchy by like 70s daytime TV standards. <laughs> but um, like, and then like the newlywed game. And, uh, you know, Press Your Luck, which still is a good show, let's be honest. Card Sharks, you know, all these shows that uh, I have no reason to have watched so much as a kid, but I just could not get enough. And Family Feud with Richard Dawson on there, kissing every single woman who ever appeared on the show and undoubtedly causing numerous herpes outbreaks. Oh, I'm sure. Mm -hmm. That's the dark side of Family Feud that no one talks about. They're responsible for the fact that, like, 73% of people have HSV1 herpes or whatever. <laughs> right. And that, that percentage might be a little high, but it's, like, a, a, the mouth one, like, um, like so many people have. Mm-hmm. I know that yeah. because I, I always see this lady's videos on TikTok, and she's, like, a huge, like, herpes advocate, which is a good thing. I'm not knocking her for it, but... Like, I, the amount of herpes-related content I've seen in, like, the past week is extremely high. <laughs> <laughs> cool. 
I'm not going to ask any more questions. <laughs> and on that note. That seems like a good place to end. <laughs> well, thank you all for listening. As always, go check out the Instagram at Televisionary Podcast for the real um, content. Go to TikTok. It is a grind, but it's a fun place to be. So go check us out there at Televisionary Pod. Yeah. And if you have any of your own nostalgic TV shows or moments or just anything that you'd like to share, your weird habits of when you watch TV and what and all that kind of stuff, please share them with us on our posts on either of those social channels. Or you can DM us. And if it's a great story, then maybe we will say it on the air. It would be awesome if anyone listening wants to record a voice memo of them talking about a favorite show and send it to our gmail which is televisionarypodcast at gmail.com and we will feature it on the show i love that idea and i really hope we have some people take us up on that (laughs) maybe i'll bumper that at the beginning of the episode somehow sure anyway All right. Well, I have been Elena Hillard. And I've been Cody Hoffman. Thanks so much for listening. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to Televisionary. If you like what you heard, share this episode with a friend. You can follow us on Instagram at Televisionary Podcast. And don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe wherever you listen. Bye.